and Matt Show, the disc golf podcast you've been looking for. What's up, everybody? Week number or episode number? Episode number. We did take off a yeah, few. Yeah, we've episodes. taken off a few weeks, but that's all right. Episode twenty-six. This is our final episode of twenty twenty. Nick, we keep doing this every week or lately every other week. Yeah. Would you have believed this? Like back, what was it? May, March or April? March, April. When we started <laughs> talking about it. May, maybe when we started actually doing it. No, I, I did not think crazy it would be like this. All right, let's go ahead and do this because um, we're we're just gonna get right into it tonight. We've got a really special show slash two shows. Yeah. If you're a podcast listener, go check out the after show that's only gonna be available on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We have something special planned with darts, a dart board, <laughs> and a dart player. I have to, yeah, I have to clarify, not just darts, a dart board, dart yep. players. Uh, I'm not one of them, but maybe, maybe by the end of the night. All right, let's go ahead and uh, bring in our in-studio guest mm-hmm. simon lazat here he is and here he is <clears throat> so funny funny enough i i just want to explain our technical i get right i don't here. even get to say hi so oh sorry sorry but I, I wanted to explain it first because when i talk to you i'm looking the wrong way on the screen and so i wanted to kind of explain that to where now i'm not looking at you but i oh. am on the screen yeah so to our audio so. listeners what's happening here you're hearing the way that they're sitting in the You've room said hi like four weeks in a row don't worry is different okay. than the way they're set up on the actual feed that you're seeing so in our off season if you will whatever that is at least through christmas time we're going to figure things out here a little bit differently with studio setup but simon a hundred thousand subscribers or followers that means instagram yep, yep. uh how long how long have you been doing the instagram <clears throat> Instagram was actually one of the first uh, social media apps that I downloaded, and I only downloaded it. I remember exactly this, this the same day I flew to LA for the first time to start my professional disc golf career, because UC told me you need the Instagram for uh, <laughs> for the fans, and I was like, okay, well, I don't know what this is. I was a very what do you call it, like a late bloomer? Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to any kind of smartphones or social medias. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of ironic nowadays, but I was like one of the last people in my school to have anything like a phone or a social media account. Um, and the Instagram, yeah, took off with the trick shots. And ever since then, it's been pretty much my favorite app. Well, very nice, Nick, how many followers do you have? <laughs> I knew you would say that too. <laughs> no, I have like 1,950, something like that. 1,900. I'm pretty sure Hunter still has more than me. Okay, I'm going to turn your mic up just a little bit. Oh, my little low. <laughs> How many okay. does Hunter have? Okay. I'm going to skip you Hunter, and go right to yeah, Hunter. So Hunter, son. yeah, yeah, exactly. I have like 600 or something. Hunter <laughs> has like maybe 3,000. So that's Solid. good for him. 10 years old. I'm pretty sure that's more than Austin Hannum. <laughs> my fiance has like 1,000 and she's not posted a single post. <laughs> what? Well, well, who is it? When e- oh, because, yeah, connections. When, when Eagle and his girlfriend had kind of gone official and Eagle had posted something about her, within that day, she had gotten like 1,400 followers on Instagram. Yeah, It was insane. I was like, that day, I was like, damn, she already has more followers than me at the time. Date disc golfers. We have the clout. <laughs> you have a blue check mark, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, um, that blue Paul Macbeth was the first with a check mark. I, I think I was the second. But I think I could be the first disc golfer with over 100k subs or followers on two platforms i could be I if know. you leave brody hey, out i was gonna say you can't we're gonna leave brody out. okay all right i mean brody <laughs> no, obviously I uh i'm just gonna is a disc golfer with yeah. way more followers now yeah. but 
You know what I mean? <laughs> so actually, this is going to be one of those shows again where we kind of ramble. But Brody's like, I saw him comment. And he's like, I think we're going to do Vlogmas this year, too. So we're getting loaded. We'll talk about that a little bit, Simon. But we're getting loaded with Vlogmas right now. There's so many things to watch. Yeah, I mean, I I was shocked to see uh, Brody's tweet. Um, I think Natalia told me that Brody mentioned me in a tweet, which I never even saw because mm-hmm. uh, I deleted my Twitter app because <laughs> um, I never really opened it. So I thought yeah. just waste, I don't waste that room on my phone. Um, but I mean, Eagle is doing it. Shout out to his channel. This is Eagle's done it for three or four years now, and we are on day three. Tomorrow's day four. And I already feel the grind. Like, it is something to post every other day, but posting every single day all by yourself, man, respect to everyone who can do that and um, not make it look like a waste of time. Because it kind of, at that point, acts like a full-time job in the sense of you're probably filming for hours on hours and then (laughs) you're editing for hours on hours. Like, Matt and I, this last Sunday, spoiler alert, we did some filming for a future YouTube video that we're going to put out. And we filmed for probably three, three and a half hours. And we did some really, <laughs> really cool things. And wait till you see the, the amount edit. of editing that wait Matt till, has to go through. Wait till you see some of this edit. Yeah. I'm really excited. Can we like tease a little bit tonight? Would we be able to do that at some point? Possibly in the after show. Sweet. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Wait till you see this. We're going to make Simon jealous of a portion. We actually bring him up in our vlog. Yeah. We actually say like, don't tell Simon we have this because then he'll get one and he'll be, he'll have the advantage again. Yeah. <laughs> I oh. sat in front on my desk for like four hours today, straight editing, and the video that's dropping tomorrow um, is probably the video I've worked on the most ever, time-wise. Wow! I'm not saying it's the best video I've ever made, which is definitely not, but definitely time-wise, it is the most effort I've ever put into a video, just with all the screenshots and trying to tell the story properly and getting everything in line. I was sitting there like getting a headache. It was. Yeah, I have to find easier ideas yeah. that I can just uh, <laughs> pull off in an hour and I'm done. I uh, I was actually just watching today while I was at work. We were waiting to do some stuff. And so my buddy Seth and I were watching the Dream 18 that you had put out. That also and took a while to get all those clips. So, Oh, yeah. So you had all the clips with it, too, which I was kind of listening to it. My buddy Seth was actually the one watching it. But then all of a sudden I saw the clips of you playing. I was like, dang, that's sick. Like, how cool is that? You can actually show you playing the hole. There were some kind of big surprises though to me, like Hole 1 Fountain Hills. Which I get, yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I I would think like Maple Hill or even Eureka, whole one at Eureka, is pretty sweet. Oh no, not you my style. Yeah, really. Force over a little force over any. But it's funny because <laughs> Seth was saying he was like Simon is definitely a right-handed hyzer player because so many of the holes were just like large righty hyzers, large righty hyzer. <laughs> you know what? I really approached that video by thinking I don't care who judges me for this video or yeah. who has which opinion. This is my dream 18. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So of course. No one can even argue like, oh, that hole's better. Like, no, this is my yeah, favorite. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. You can't argue that it's not his favorite. Exactly. If you, off the top of your head, I got... Oh, this is actually spoiler. Never mind. I'll ask you later. Okay. Okay. So we've been talking a lot, and we have somebody in our green, virtual green room uh, named... Or should I just say what it rhymes with? Go for it. ac Eight. <laughs> that works <laughs> all right so um yes we're gonna bring him in approximately in 10 seconds or so here so i want to uh really quick before we bring him in i think this has the potential to be one of the biggest episodes if not the biggest with simon and casey on and so i want to right here now say if we hit over 600 live viewers tonight 
I'm gonna give away. Whoa. I'm gonna give away one of the Foundation Jawbreaker Wasps, the uh, Dark Claw one. I will give that away to a random listener. Wow! So, so you have to share. So it. everyone in live right now, just take a break. Share this. Just take ten seconds. The off, transition is going quick, to be. And you have a chance to win. We'll go silent here. No, yeah. we won't. Not for no. the podcast we'll bring listeners. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring Casey in. But in this transition, copy, share. Here we go. All right, let's go cool. ahead. Without further ado, here he is, the man of the hour. His name is Casey White, and welcome to the show, What's Casey. Up? What up, Casey? Hey. So tell us, first of all, are you in off-season mode? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I'm in on-season mode, I'm playing close to seven days a week, and now I'm lucky to get out twice a week, especially because in Minnesota, the snow's already fallen. Mm. So it's cold up here and working a couple days a week and getting the rounds in when I can. Well, okay. you know, today was 48 degrees here in Massachusetts. So <laughs> two days ago, it was like 60. I know. It's been insane. It's been insane. Yeah. But, what yeah. What are you doing in Minnesota, bro? You got to be in Massachusetts doing vlog with me. <laughs> vlog miss with me. Yeah. Uh, about that. Um, my girlfriend lives in Minnesota. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> nice. About that. Uh, so yeah okay so you're out there is this um let's just get real deep and personal real quick i mean girlfriend uh she lives out there how'd you meet her uh we actually met at a tournament it was the majestic in 2019 so i spent some time in minnesota before and uh i met her she was following one of the people i played with on the card and i didn't think anything of it but i was just like oh that girl's pretty cute and then this summer i came back to minnesota and I ended up winning the Twin Town Throwdown, and she was there. And then I put out an Instagram, asked me a question on my story, and uh, she was one of the last questions that came in. I had already told myself, I'm not answering any more of these questions. I'm done answering these. And then she came in, and I was like, I got to answer this one. And then as soon as I answered it, we nonstop talked. And then what she was, ended up what was the question? She asked, uh, what do you think about when you're leading a tournament going into the final round? Because she plays advanced women and she was leading going into the final round and I was leading MPO going into the final round and I won the tournament. And, uh, I just answered like a normal answer. I just said, like, Did I try and think about like warming up and what I'm going to throw on the first hole. And then after that, we just started talking about every, anything and everything. And then didn't stop talking after that. And Very now, nice. and now during the final round, she goes, "What do you think about you? Better answer you. No, <laughs> don't, don't your disc golf career will start to go go down the, the pipes." But uh, brownie points, anyways. So, all right. So she's also a disc golfer, and um, I saw pictures. You won one of your first big events up here at Greater Hartford Open. Yeah. She was able to be up there for that. Um, did she also play that event? No, she actually just draw at the drop of a hat basically just said i'm i'm driving out what's your tournament this weekend i said i'm playing a tournament in hartford connecticut she's like all right i'm gonna be there for that and i was like sweet didn't really think anything of it but then she ended up showing up with two days before the event and she followed every round and i ended up winning in a playoff and it was pretty pretty amazing yeah totally epic so what do the people in the chat want to know about? Because we've got things to talk about, but the, people always like, yeah, get Casey White on the show. Forget Simon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yo, Stevie yeah. goes in the chat. They, they want to get both of you on a show. What's and up, so, Casey, I, I've known you probably since almost about you started disc golfing. Now, not like we would hang out. 
but like tournaments. Okay, started playing tournaments probably. Right. Yep. And um, so you started playing tournaments. At what point did you start doing like really good? Do you remember like that that time period when you're like, I'm starting to yeah. do really good. I'm going pro. Yeah. So it was um, June 2015. I played my first ever PDJ tournament. No PDJ number or anything. And I played a nec- the next year, all year in AM. And then in May 2017, I took down three AM1 tournaments in a row. And, and like none of them were even a close battle. And then I won two more and one of them was in Maine. And then once I went to Junior Worlds, I did well at Junior Worlds and I decided that I wanted cash. So then I just started playing MPO. And then things just kind of took off from there. And I was just playing the tournaments I wanted to play and I was having fun. So did you ever compete against Nick Carl at a tournament? Like, um, not, not like as in the last year uh, yes. or two, not like the last year yes. or two, but like back. I, yeah. the 2017 Vibram Am side, we played together in the second round. Both of us had a pretty lackluster first round, I'll say, but we played my home course, which yeah. is Devin's the general and same thing happened. Neither one of us really played our a game, but I just remember that was one tournament that we played and kind of battled against each other. Cause we knew that we were equal to each other, but we weren't really equal to the ple- people we were uh similar to in score at the time yeah you know what i mean yeah because we were we were middle of the pack after the first two or three rounds and then i think the last round you and i both made a jump up i think i got 11th that year it was something i got 16th yeah so we both had kind of like made a push towards the end of it but um yeah he casey was actually talking about that a few weeks ago when i i jokingly said something about the amp set he's like yeah we you know maybe it was my first time playing the general he's like yeah that was the first time you and i ever played together i was like no way (laughs) <laughs> didn't realize that that's awesome all right so be fully honest here how did you get hooked up with simon lazat did you reach out to him fanboying for years and simon's like well now i'm local i've i've muted simon's headphones no i'm kidding so what, what what's the story there how how did this go down where you got connected to simon lazat your your version of it so I, it wasn't like years or anything, but I do remember specifically, it was towards the end of 2017 is when I kind of became friends with some more touring pros. And I like knew of Simon, but didn't know him any personally. He definitely didn't know my name. But I remember when the commander was up, which is the temporary course at Devon's, it's a bomber course. He posted that he was at Maple Hill. And this was around the time that he met Natalia. So that's why he was spending time in Massachusetts. And I remember messaging him and saying, hey, if you want to play a course, like meet me here. And it was just like a message that he never even looked at. (laughs) But then the next time I talked to him was at uh, Team Challenge when he was playing for Maple Hill. And we were just hanging in the Zap house. And I just came up to him and I was we played together. Actually, he played against Binley and I played on the same card as Binley. So that we played on the same card and at lunch, I remember I asked him, I was like, Hey, I got a course in my house. I know you like to film some videos. Like if you want to come over and we can film some aces or something. And he just told me, well, I got to go to Texas for the veterans park open. But when I come back, then just let me know. And I remember I messaged him when I had a free, uh, when I had a day off when he came back and that next day off just happened to be the day that we went and did the 600 foot ace. Wow. Okay. So you're taking it to the 600 foot ace. That's kind of like the kickoff of like, all right now. Okay. So let's go to Simon. Let's go to, yeah. What do you got? He he told me to reach out to him and I did. And then he just said, I just said, are you busy tomorrow? And he said, yeah, I'm filming a video. I said, Oh, what's the video? 
And he said, uh, it's uh, filming a 600 foot ace. And I said, well, what happens if you don't hit a 600 foot ace? And he said, well, then it's a video about not hitting a 600 foot ace. <laughs> That's what, pretty- what a good attitude towards that. I mean, it's a, vi- <laughs> a video, sometimes a fail video can yeah. get more uh, traction yep. than a, yep. a hero shot our second, Our second ever vlog was a blooper reel. Really? We went, oh, from, right. yeah, we went from maximum potential with the 600 for days, and the next video was right away a blooper reel at Barry. Oh, that was miserable. I remember we were trying so hard to get something going, and we were just like, it almost looks like we were purposely throwing terrible shots, yes. but it was just <laughs> actually how bad we were playing. That's awesome. That was the sad part, was that we literally said we're going to make a blooper reel because of how bad we just played the first couple holes, but we were literally trying our absolute hardest and it looked like miserable. It looked so bad. Yeah. It was cold and windy though. So we can blame the conditions. So that obviously happens to you, I'm sure as well. And both to Casey and Simon, but uh, Casey that happens to you in tournament rounds as well too. We've all experienced it. You're like, I'm actually trying right now. (laughs) <laughs> unfortunately yes of course yeah. okay so let's flip over real quick to simon in studio here and um simon let me ask this question just for fun do you recall kind of how i mean the story might be similar but do you recall from your perspective how casey started vlogging with you i mean the storyline's probably similar but from your perspective what did it look like well that message that casey was talking about the first message he ever sent me i guess i to this day have never seen that message i don't know on what platform <laughs> he sent me that message if it was facebook it or was if it was messenger. instagram or it must it must be deep down somewhere um other than that i mean i noticed him for the first time at the mvp open 2017 when he was hanging out around all the pros he was like this young kid i think the youngest kid hanging out like at the after parties where we were like playing pool and poker mm-hmm. and just hanging out in the fun in the fun playroom at Maple Hill. What say that again? That was like my favorite that was always my favorite time of the year, hanging out in the sap house oh, with dude, pros. I, so that's, I mean I heard that's, that that's I think that's most yeah. touring pros' favorite time know, of the year. Right? Um and so I was definitely aware that he was there. I knew he was had a lot of potential and a talented kid and um, he unfortunately had a real job, which I thought like, well, if I go out every day or every other day to film videos, then I mean, if someone has an actual job, that's going to be hard to do. But then when Don't we really like when we really started uh, <laughs> filming together, I mean, Casey was in two three or four videos before we like really started working together. And that was when the pandemic hit and all the lockdown and Casey didn't go to work anymore. So we lived like 30 minutes from each other. And Casey is one of the most... Um, I mean, he just loves throwing so much and he was just always ready to go and had good ideas. And what I probably liked the most is that he cared about the filming. He just wanted it to be good. And he Mm -hmm. tried really hard to, uh, film well, because most people are really bad at filming if, if you don't really know how to do it. Um, so everything just, uh, fit into place and we ended up like 10 weeks in a row. I think we played pretty much every day or every other day. And, uh grew the channel and amazingly and it was uh yeah pretty much friends just best friends from there <laughs> best friends casey you've arrived <laughs> inbox with him not even seeing it and now you're best friend so right um <laughs> he just laughs so um we can talk all different things nick do you got anything for casey tonight otherwise we're gonna talk disc golf stuff i guess kind of i will bounce off of what you do 
So whatever you say, I'll okay. just kind of make questions to go along with that. <laughs> I mean, luckily, Casey and I have been teammates for Team Challenge for a few years, and we've obviously known and hang out a decent amount. We play a ton of rounds together, so we've traveled together. I mean, shoot, him and I drove back from Michigan together this year, yep. and that was a long freaking car ride. We've also yep. had plenty of post-tournament dinners together. Oh, yeah, exactly. Little- One of my favorite things to do after a tournament is go out and get food and maybe get a beer or something like that. And, you know, luckily, Casey yeah, and I locally yeah. have played so many tournaments together. And even out on the road, um, same thing with Simon. It's just so easy to, hey, after this round, you want to go get a beer? And, you know, winner pays dinner. Exactly. <laughs> so luckily, Simon paid for a lot of dinners. <laughs> Actually, when I, when Casey won the Greater Hartford, where we go? Um, Texas Roadhouse? Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, Texas Roadhouse yeah. right after. And they, they have bomb food. They have a wicked good cinnamon bread. Okay. Yeah, with Marky and yeah. 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 <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole group up here. So it's an interesting perspective for anyone who's in the chat and you don't have a, a touring pro local to you. It's an interesting perspective that I might be able to bring. Nick's been able to travel a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing mm-hmm. the local community and the disc golfers who become friends with the touring pro. So like, for instance, Casey is now, you know, friends with Simon. We knew Casey before he was friends with Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, you know, before you were hanging out with Paul and Simon. Um, it, it's interesting to see this group of disc golfers that I've known for quite a while now become friends. And now, honestly, like me integrating into this, this group. And it's just like a very unique thing to see and think about. Just put yourself in the situation in the future you look back to the sport and see where it was at and be like, it was just kind of like you could just go hang out and Simon would, would come into my basement and <laughs> film podcasts. Yeah. So like, it's unique. So, all right. So let's ask this question to Casey and see, and maybe, maybe from Simon's perspective as well. But um, do you view Simon more as a competitor, like, or a friend, or is there, is there no, no difference there between anybody else you're playing against? You're playing against a lot of touring players. You're friends with a lot of them. Like, are you rooting each other on or are you just like, Hey, good luck. I'm about to beat you. Like is what kind of, what kind of, what is it? What's that like? All right. All right. I'll say this one thing. When I am playing a tournament and let's say to Simon's in the car in front of me, I know Simon's bag in and out. And if I know the hole and I see the shot he's throwing and like his disc choice is off, I'm looking, I'm going, Oh no, this is going to be so bad. And I'm telling all the people around me, I'm like, this is going to be so bad. And if it and if it goes bad, yeah, I feel like it just like breaks my heart. So I can't say that I root against him in any way. But I definitely have like that extra competitive edge where it's like if I'm doing good or if I'm not doing that great, but neither is he, I'll go like, hey, uh, at least I'm beating Simon. <laughs> at least I'm beating Simon. <laughs> that was at D Glow. That I remember at D Glow, he was on the car in front of me, and I was just like, he does not look like he's doing good. And I was like, oh boy, this is not going good. <laughs> Did you beat me that tournament? No, you you beat me in the final round, but I was beating you after two. Yeah, you. Know, it, I should have. It really is like I mean I'm very good friends with a lot of other players on tour, but when it gets down to it, and we're in a tournament round, like just for example at the uh, main state championships this year, final round I was on a card with Casey, Terry Rothensberger, and Chris Clemens, and we were all staying together at the same place. Shout out to the Sayer family. And we were just having, we were just kicking it all week and having a great time. But then, I mean, we were all looking forward to that round as friends. But then when it comes down to the course that we're actually competing, Mm -hmm. it really doesn't matter too much how good of friends you are. You're trying to play your best. And I mean, we're not wishing the other guys to play bad, but it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, 
you more competitive you, than yeah, friends. You hope that you play the best. Exactly. I mean, I think that's yeah. one of the greatest things about disc golf is that it's a singular player sport to where, you know, I'm playing against Casey or I'm playing against Simon or I'm playing against Matt. You know, say we're all in the same card together. Like, obviously, I don't want to see you guys blow up and have the worst round of your life. But inside my head, I'm hoping that, yes, I do want to play the best round out of this card because that gives me a chance of winning. And that's, you know, why we play disc golf is to win and obviously to have fun, play a sport that we love. But when you do the competitive side of it, you know, we're looking to win said tournament that we're at. And so, yeah, no matter who you're friends with, you can obviously be kind to each other on the card and everything like that and have good sportsmanship. (laughs) But you are looking to be better than them that tournament. Yeah, Yeah, I remember the main states round, actually, when we played with Clemens. He had a really tough break on hole four, which is one of the long, really cool holes at Pineland, but the basket's on a big mound. And he had like two really bad rollaways and one of them went OB. And it was just like, it was so tough to watch because obviously like he's one of my best friends, but like, you know, like I got to stay my, keep my head in this and then keep shooting well and not be worried about what he's doing. But like, like I, I agree with what Nick said, you never want them to do worse than you. You just want to do better than them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and just now I'm going to pick the brain of professionals here because I am not professional and you'll see that in the vlog this coming week, but I'll pick the brain of professionals here. You're out on the course and you, we're talking about like people, you know, you tour with them, you know, them, you see them regularly, you're friends with them. Um, but during a round, and I'm sure this would be true, Simon, if your fiance was out there or Paul Macbeth's wife is out there when Paul's out there, whoever's special to you, you probably have told that player, hopefully, or that person before you're around, like, I'm going to be in my game mindset. Like, I'm working, and I'm not thinking about you. Is that true? So, meaning this conversation about um, who you're playing with, I guess what I'm trying to say, and does that matter? Like, are you thinking? You're probably not even thinking about them, right? Like, they miss a putt, and you're probably just like, you just take it out of your brain. Or, Or am I wrong? Are you just trying to be casually competing as well simon oh i was gonna let casey go first oh casey yeah go ahead casey i mean the way i see it i'm always like if somebody makes like a really good putt and it hits a lot of chains and it falls out i definitely always am like like oh dang like out loud like what the heck that should have gone in but like it's not i'm a little different when i'm on the course because i'm always trying to make sure like oh it's okay if i miss a birdie putt eh, hey that's better than a bogey par is par but if somebody else does it, I always just kind of, you know, let them to their space because I know that when I have like my tough moment on the course, I always just like to be in my own space. So that's just, it just depends on the mood of the card and how the round's going. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, it's really weird. Cause I don't know if it's, I, it's just for me like that because I've been playing for so long and I've played so many tournaments and so many conditions with so many different people watching and, it's pretty much when I line up a putt or when I set up my drive, what any shot really, I completely zone out who's watching or how many people are there or who I'm playing with. It is just, or what's hurting even, like if I have a headache or something, when I throw, I don't notice my headache. And then after I throw, I notice it again. So it's kind of just like you get into this zone, forget kind of everything around you. And the more and the better you can do that, it's kind of called the zone and you want to be as deep in there as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But no, if Natalia's watching, I mean, it means something, of course, but when I'm actually lining up the throw and it's time to to throw, I'm like, I don't even remember that anyone's there. Yeah. 
I think kind of so out of the you know two other pros that we have sitting next to me and one on Skype. I'm obviously the oh low, you weren't I'm, you weren't talking I'm, you weren't talking about third. me yeah so I, oh, I'm I'm you know number three out of the other two, and uh, so for me this is kind of a cool situation where. I had years ago, you know, when I played the AM side tournament, I had one of my best friends who knew nothing about disc golf come caddy for me because I love having a caddy. And obviously, if it's a really close friend of mine, he came and caddy the whole round, didn't know anything about my bag, didn't know anything about the shots that I took. He just really wanted to see me play and be happy. And I was actually having one of the best rounds ever at Maple Golds and, you know, messed up a couple holes here and there. But I shot a great round and you can see pictures of me. I'm smiling the whole time. I'm having a good time. I'm shooting well, but I knew I wasn't in contention to win it. Now, fast forward to. Uh, when I actually did win the AMSAT tournament, one of the benefits of that was I got to play in the pro feature card. And so I played with Dickerson, Ricky, and Paul. And so now I have the local gallery, all, a lot of friends of mine. And obviously my best friend Paul is playing with me. It's the first time that I've ever competed against him at a tournament. And my mindset was, look, I want to go out there and have fun. I obviously don't want to make a fool out of myself, but I want to, you know, I just want to play somewhat well, have a good time, maybe throw some cool shots. My main goal was get the box ones. You know, that was really all I could think about. I wasn't going to beat any of them. I wasn't going to beat them that round at that point. So it was really cool to be standing there as an amateur slash pro playing with Paul, playing with Ricky, playing with Chris, because I remember Paul went like four for four the first hole, like four holes, and I'm pretty sure I was two over. So within four holes, Paul's got me by six strokes. And so I said, you know, all right, there goes my chance of beating Paul this tournament and kind of shaked it off and laughed at it. You know, my mom was there, my family was there and everything. And then on hole 12, I had gotten the only birdie three on the card. And then on hole 13, I proceeded to follow it up with a double bogey. And I laughed it off because I did, I did my goal. So I guess in certain areas, you kind of just block out everything else that's going on. You just play disc golf. And, you know, obviously we hope that we do it to the best of our abilities. But there are times where obviously that, you know, it just doesn't happen. So hopefully you try not to be a Debbie Downer on the card. But. All right, know. Casey. What has Yo. been what has been your most um I don't want to call it starstruck moment but since you started touring you found yourself on disc golf cards you know after a tournament round yep. and what has been one of those moments that you can remember in this first year of actually touring this is the first year right of or well 2020 is a funky year you were touring some done, of last year I've done a partial tour for the last two and a half years right so from basically from August 2018 until until 2020, I've done like a on and off tour where I'm not out there full time. I'm I'm coming home in between events and stuff. So if you're talking 2020, no, just just about? since you started getting into the tournament scene. So go back to August 2018 if you'd like. Um, what what car did you find yourself on? Can you remember any special moments? Yeah, one specifically was at the 2018 MVP Open. I shot a three under rated, uh, three under 1036 rated round in round one, which put me on fourth card, I believe, for for day two. And that was kind of a moment that I uh, I was playing with Chris Clemens. And at that point, Chris Clemens was somebody that I very much looked up to. And now I was on the card with him and we were playing with Grady Shue and Noah Meinsmer. But just at that point, I remember Simon was on the card in front of me, meaning I was beating him. Ricky was behind me in score. Like, I was beating a lot of the other guys. But that one didn't really stick with me as much as it did at the World Championships in uh, in Vermont. 
I shot the hot one stroke off the hot round during round three on Fox Run, and then for the fourth round at Brewster Ridge, I was tied for 21st, and I was playing with Nate Sexton with two rounds to go in the World Championships. It was my first ever World Championships, and I had like a whole gallery watching us tee off on not even just the first hole. It was like a couple holes into the round, meaning that they were actually like there to watch us. They weren't just happened to be passing by and watching us tee off, which that was probably my moment of being starstruck was playing with Nate Sexton. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've had the privilege, if you will, of caddying for Nate Sexton, but I can't imagine the actual fun <laughs> the first time. Yeah. The first time you, you realize like, yeah, I'm com- competing at a tournament with a hundred or 200 people and seeing them on a different card is one thing. Being on the same yep. card the first time ever is a totally new thing. And that's uh, that must have been really cool. Yeah, it was mostly just like I'm not just playing with him during round one. I'm playing with him during round four. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, because a lot of people will get the opportunity to potentially play with a high level rated pro because the way that the first card works at tournaments, a lot of times it's randomized. and You kind of get that one high rated player, two mediums and a lower rated player, depending on the tournament. But yeah, when you're playing with that player, say at the World Championships on the fourth round, that's when you're kind of like, holy cow, this is really happening. You know, yeah. that's insane. So as a follow-up to Simon, because I think it's interesting to see both perspectives here. How many tournaments do you go to where like players on that card are having the experience that Simon just, I mean, that, that Casey just illustrated? Like, do, are you aware of those situations and do you kind of get it out of the way in the very beginning or how does that go? I am not as aware of it as I think I should be, as I would like to be, because I just feel like such a normal dude sometimes. I like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I like just don't feel like someone should feel starstruck around me like ever. But it's yeah, happening. Can I say something? I'd just like to say that the way that I feel when I was on the card is how people feel when they just walk by. I'll just say that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm getting it. I mean, I'm a bit worried about disc golf at this point that we're getting too popular. And like one, I, I think I've said it before, I don't know, on this podcast, but like being famous is one of the things I'm most scared of ever. Like, I think it's um, it can be potentially a miserable life to be famous, like next level famous, which in disc golf is not the case yet. We have a very fun and personal fame almost where we can still be ourselves we can still talk to random people out there but actually famous people like they're struggling to have a life outside yeah. of their house so i don't know i'm i'm a bit worried about that for disc golf growing right now the way it's growing but when i'm out there playing a tournament if it's a smaller b tier or even a c tier then of course i play with people i usually don't play with and sometimes i notice the way th- how nervous they are, especially mm-hmm. on the first few holes. I'm like, whoa, what is going on? Am, am I causing this? <laughs> like, dude, relax. Yeah, wait, I'm... do you feel bad about that? Like, <laughs> So I, 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 I notice myself sometimes when I play bad on a card with people that are nervous because I'm there, I almost feel like better that I make them feel less nervous because I'm also sc- screwing up. <laughs> um, so it goes back and forth. I don't know. I don't really have... Sometimes I feel like I just don't have the right mindset to be a freaking professional athlete and be just a killer instinct out there on the course (laughs) kind of what you sometimes need just to be like ruthless and no matter what happens i'm gonna go out there and shred yeah i'm just trying to be a nice guy and be like just all right guys we're out here playing let's just have a good time and smile so i'm thinking through how i have been in previous years i've been playing 13 14 years and it wasn't 
for a lot of those early years where I'd meet people touring and even understand that side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say like the, yeah, the very first times I would definitely be like, and I'm sure a lot of people do this. You would throw your shot or I'd throw my shot and it wouldn't be like good. And I'd have to go out of my way to be like, Oh, Oh, either usually I throw better than that. Or man, like I'd have to exaggerate, like, how did I miss that pot? You know, like to try to make myself feel a little bit like Simon, I'm really not that bad, you know, but like, so I'm just curious, like people out there, do you hear a lot of that kind of stuff where it's like, people are trying to be like, I got to be really cool. Or you're just saying you're not aware of it as much. Yeah. I'm sure it's happened. I'm I'm not paying that close attention. What what I noticed the most, especially like this year, or I mean, I'm sure next year it's going to be even worse. But I've had people come up to me like literally shaking, like I can see their hand <laughs> physically shaking. And I've I'm witnessed like, it. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I have a way different impact on people than I'm aware of, and uh, that's something I definitely need to get more aware of, just because it. I mean, like Spider-Man says, like with great, what was the word? With great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. yeah, and I, I mean, I don't want to sound. Was that sound... Spider-Man? It was in Spider-Man. Was it? Superman, Spider-Man. <laughs> I gotta look yeah. that up. I feel like I it's, think it's not Spider-Man. Spider-Man, but yeah, it could be. I don't want to sound like, I don't know. It's, it's the truth. <laughs> it just is the truth, and I think I'm gonna be more aware of that and just try to be a, just notice specific yeah. moments better. That's I think it's totally interesting conversation. And so to that point, um, Casey, um, I don't know um, what your experience has been so far. You've obviously been showing up a lot in Simon's vlogs over the last year. Um, That had to have done something for your recognizability in the disc golf world. Um, How has that affected it? And and any of the things that I was just talking to Simon about, how has that translated into um, what you're doing on the course? It has affected in every way. I mean, in, in good ways and yeah, in every way it's affected my, my game. It's elevated my game. It's, it's elevated my confidence when I show up to play a tournament. Like when I'm on tour now, like I show up to a tee pad in a practice round and there's a group in front of me that I think that I'm not going to recognize a single one of them. They turn around and they're like, Oh, Casey, you want to go ahead and play through? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, like that's, that's pretty new. I mean, I'm definitely, it's growing on me now, but when it was like uh, coming out of the quarantine and we were showing up to play DDO in the preserve, that was our first couple tour tournaments after we went on the huge vlog grind. That's when things really started to pick up. I mean, I think I went out on tour with just under 3000 followers. And after a month, I had already hit 5,000. And at this point I'm at almost 11 and a half thousand followers. So that alone just has absolutely blown up. And I know that it's a lot of credit to the vlogs. I mean, I've done a lot of work on the course and at tournaments and stuff, but the reason that people are recognizing what I'm doing in the tournaments and on the course is because they know me from the vlogs. Mm-hmm. The yeah. And just, just having the ability, uh, excuse me, having the ability to be able to play every single day and do recording. Cause obviously you guys do a lot of fun videos and, but that's also you guys playing disc golf. You're constantly improving your craft. And you're in a very fortunate position after, you know, the whole pandemic and everything or during the pandemic, you were able to go out and play as much as you could with Simon. So just constantly being able to grind playing disc golf elevated your game like no other, especially Massachusetts. I mean, what are you at now? 10, 12? 
I'm at 10-12, yes, yeah, so and, 10, and I have another win going in at the next update. Yeah, exactly. So 10-12 with a potential update to go, what, 10-13-14-15? And that's, yep, the, about. That's, that's the most Massachusetts has ever seen. And so you take the hard work and the dedication that you put into the vlogs this year and also relate it to the disc golf course, and look what you've been yeah. able to accomplish. So it's definitely, you know, the clout comes from being in the right place, the right time to start it. But you actually doing something with that has made it that much bigger and better. Well, we've already, yeah, exactly. We've already kind of mentioned this, but how many followers do you have, Nick? (laughs) It's not just socializing. It's not just socializing with the biggest players in the game, obviously. And and I'm not saying Nick's not putting in the work, but here's here's the point. Casey is seeing Mm -hmm. success on the course, whereas... I'm just shooting straight. Nick is yet to see that level of success. Exactly. And he knows that. Mm-hmm. Casey's yeah, like, what I'll do be, I say? Casey's like, what do I say? Yeah, no, that? I'll be the first to admit it. Like this year, you know, was a struggle just completely in my disc golf game. And I'll, I'd happily be the first to admit it. My rating actually technically went up this year. It went up and down, up and down, up and down. But it went up to a point where, yeah, I'm higher rated this year than I was last year. And so I guess you can look at that as a bonus. But when it comes to the happiness of my play, I didn't like it. There was only one tournament that I actually felt like I played to my ability, and that was down in New York. And um, but yeah, just not being able to put in the time and effort like I wanted to this year obviously affected how I was able to play disc golf. But when it came to because it's been kind of cool, you know, going out to a course and sometimes completely random course. And, you know, when I was in New York practicing for FDR. This guy comes up to me. He's like, dude, you're Nick from the Nick and Matt show. Like, I love it. And I'm like, man, that's so cool. Like, I really appreciate you watching. And then I'm at Buffenville the other day. And some days like Nick from the Nick and Matt show. I was like, yeah, what's up, man? He's like, hey, I love you. Because oh, wow. I always tell people, I'm like, tell someone you love them this week. And he goes up to me and he tells me he loves me. So it's just, it's, it's so, been really cool. But right place, right time Yeah. turned into, you know, fortunately, I've been able to be in Summon Simon's videos. I've been in Foundation videos. I've been in Paul and Hannah Macbeth's videos. A lot of it has been right place, right time. And I think my game has done a little bit, especially, you know, I play with a lot of touring pros at tournaments, you know, whether it's the first round, the second round, or even the third round. And sometimes none of us are playing to our ability, but we still know each other as friends. We're still competing against each other. But yeah, this year has definitely not been the year that I would say I enjoyed having disc golfing. I'd like to improve on that going into next year. That's the plan. And, uh, taking some time off of work to be able to do that. I feel like I need to just kind of follow up with, I was not taking a jab at Nick. I think Nick's time will come at those events, but there was just this level and it was just the way it lines up. I mean, uh, Casey did have a few large, like Mm -hmm. at worlds that one year you talked about. Um, and then you followed up with some other, like really good top finishes and payouts Mm -hmm. and, and you were doing really well. And I think, when that starts to click, and this is obviously Simon's thing, <laughs> when it starts to click, you're able to put things together. And now we already talked about it. Simon has a hundred thousand followers, and you know, and that's that's big for the disc golf world. That's big. I mean, that's the second biggest on Instagram. Well, right? I was just going to ask Simon. Well, third, as far as disc golf goes, I mean, that's that's got to be. Are you aware yeah. of any other disc golfers who are larger? No, no, I'm not. Short answer. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of heard the end of that the so, question. Go ahead again. What I was sorry. just saying is, are there larger out there? And I don't think there there really are. And and then finally, just to wrap up the point you were mm-hmm. saying, I think it's really cool that, uh, Nick, I hadn't even heard that. People are saying hi to us out yeah. there, like Nick and Matt. Yeah. So, Nick, 
you're you're getting more known for what you say than what you do. Yeah, no, no kidding, right? Which I want it to be the opposite, to be honest, but <laughs> that'll come with practice. It's easy to sit down on a microphone and you know scramble my words every so often. It's a lot harder to scramble on a disc golf course. People are shaking when they come up to play with you because they're like Nick and Macho. <laughs> well, it's funny. I've I've played with a couple. You know, Tim Melly. Him and I have played a bunch of rounds together now. Um, and you know, we had met him on one of the first ever judge that disc golfers. He was week like four or five, whatever. Yep. And him and I, we've gone out and played a bunch of rounds together now. So it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. And, um, so I saw some super chats come in. I don't want to, I don't want to just glance over those, but thank you very much for those super chats. Um, unfortunately I can't scroll back far enough yeah, to right? see what I know doc was one of them. So doc, thank you for the $2 earlier. I really appreciate that. And I know there was, if this was you, I apologize, but yeah. it was, uh, it, it said something like, um casey and simon head to head whoever loses has to propose and then the, the chat room was like wait simon already did so really oh, i guess casey lost <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kidding I guess casey lost <laughs> so uh thank you for that super yeah. chat again it goes into upgrades and if you look at our and again i apologize to those who are driving around in their vehicles but we're probably just droning on in the background anyways i really it, like this question but someone just asked what's your guys's favorite discs and i think it's kind of cool because you have two disc mania guys you have a disc graph guy and then a mixed bag guy. And I kind of feel like I know Matt's favorite disc. And so I want to say it's another disc graph one, but I'll let Casey, you go first. What's your favorite disc? Night Strike, Color Glow FD. Is, that, is there a certain run that you like the most? Um, mm, while you're Night think- Strike 2. Okay, Night, Night Strike, Strike 2. While okay. you're thinking, I was going to say, while you were thinking about that, can you describe. Um, the closest Innova disc to the Night Strike. Ah, uh, see. Okay. No, 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 no. I was throwing the Luster Leopard 3 for the entire 2019 season. And I was like, why does this not do what I want it to do? And then I got the Night Strike. And it was everything that the Leopard 3 wasn't for me. Because it holds up on the hyzer and it doesn't eventually turn. It'll hyzer if you make it hyzer and it'll turn if you make it turn. Where the Leopard 3 was just a hyzer flip to turn. Gotcha. So gotcha. I would say probably the closest thing, maybe maybe a TL3. Okay. Just just to give people a perspective <laughs> yeah. if they haven't thrown it. Simon. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Casey, what's, what, what's my favorite disc? What's your favorite disc? Yeah. E, what's actually your favorite disc, or what do you think is your favorite disc? No. <laughs> I, I have an idea. You go first, and then I want to answer it. What is it? I think it should be the C Line MD. Wow. Anna. Anna. No. No, it's not Anna. Sorry to, sorry to answer that. <laughs> what is it, Simon? Well, I always answer this question the very lame in the same way. I always say that my favorite disc is the one I'm throwing next. I yeah, knew I right when you said it very lame way, I was like, oh, he's going to do some Jedi crap and say I'm some so, stupid quote. I'm so sorry, but it's it's actually the truth. Like, I'm so bad at picking favorites. Like, yeah, making my sense. my favorite, like, my Dream 18 video yesterday, I was, like, struggling so yeah. hard. Like, you know, I just don't... My favorite hole is the next hole I'm playing. My favorite course is the okay. next course I'm playing, and my favorite disc yeah. is the one I'm throwing. So, as right, a real, yeah, real but, quick... Real quick before <laughs> Matt and I answer this, I want to give a shout out quick to D Lillo. Simon, why do you think you had 80%, 81% putting this year? What is the reason? And after that, Casey, what are your goals for the upcoming 2021 year? So shout out to D Lillo for the $5. All of us yeah, here at the thank Nick and Matt you. Show. This is confession, really Simon. That. 81%, man. That sounds pretty poor. No, 
Yeah, it is. I'm just I mean, kidding. Clearly, thank you for watching my vlog today, um, because I mentioned that in the vlog wow. when I was building my indoor putting green. Um, what? Why? Was the question why is it only 81? So, yeah. why do you think you had 81% putting this year? What like what is the reason for that? Was it the um, elbow? Was it the switch of the putters? I mean, yeah, most most realistic and honest answer is probably a lack of practice. And with that came eventually a lack of confidence. Um, and that's pretty much boils down right to it. Lack of confidence is pretty much for me the only reason I would ever miss a putt inside the circle unless it's like very windy mm -hmm. out or something. Um, yeah. And the way con if you don't practice on God and build confidence, it's just very hard to just naturally out there and be confident. Mm -hmm. And I've been riding my just confidence that I have because I've been playing for 25 years. Um, but slowly but surely, if you have a couple bad rounds in a row, a couple bad tournaments in a row, you, like yeah. even someone who's doing it the, the whole life, green. Yeah. Like, the confidence is slowly crumbling. I think one of the favorite things, I think Nate Sexton had said it in a video, but it was at GMC. It was like hole six. You're putting from like 90 feet on Brewster. He jump putts it, he airballs it, and he's like, God, Simon, you've been playing for 25 years, and that's how you do that? Like, that's <laughs> how you make that attempt? And, you know, we're all human. Simon's human. Paul's human. All, right. all these players. But, or Matt, favorite disc? Well, favorite disc, but we got to do the last of that super chat. Oh, this yeah. Is a crazy uh, show. Casey. So, Simon. That's right. Or, yeah, Casey, what is your, um, what are some of your goals for this coming year, 2021? Let's assume, and it, probably not a safe assumption, but let's assume COVID is um, full, not a full, full season. Yeah, let's just say, what are some of your goals, if that's the case? Okay. I only I don't really set that uh, big or specific of goals. So my two goals right now are to get a top ten at an elite series event and to get on like a round two lead card. Okay, right, nice, good. Right, nice. Thank you again for that super chat. And also one last thing in the chat before we move back to favorite disc. I think it was this guy Ethan Hoffman in the super in the chat room. I'm just shouting him out because he said he has yet to play his first official round of disc golf. And and he says he's going to do it soon. So he found our chat, and he knows about it, but he hasn't played yet. So well, we can't wait Let's to hear how you played. Yeah. All right. So start start with a putter or a mid range. Yes, preferably a buzz coming from one of the best players in the world. Uh, I show I get to shout it out. Yeah, you don't want to go above speed six or seven right yeah. now. There you go. <laughs> go ahead, Matt. Favorite Take, disc. We'll imagine. Wait. Wait seconds. a second. Oh, we're imagine. Keep going. Imagine you hadn't played disc golf before, and you jumped in a chat. And you're like, hey, I'm going to play. And then you have Simon Lazat. You don't yeah. have a clue really who he is. <laughs> and he's like, uh, do this or that. And you're like, cool. And then like one day he'll be like, I think I can remember the first time. <laughs> um, so thank you again to Christopher Ner. We always mess up this yeah, name. Know, it's, right? it's from Norway, I think. So Christopher, thank you for, for that super chat. I know kids. Okay. So with that being said, my favorite disc. That's... <sighs> That, I, I have to say it's the ESP Comet, but yeah, specifically the limited, the limited edition. I have to say that Max weight. I love it. It's a full, as uh, Brian Earhart said on one of our shows, it's a paintbrush for the woods. Like, it's just, be, yeah. I'd, I'd like <laughs> Everybody that. has yeah. that. Everybody yeah. has that disc somewhere in their bag. But for me, it's the limited edition ESP Comet. Um, if we're going drivers, lately, it's starting to become uh, like, a, I think it's like a galactic swirl by Innova, but it's the uh, Leopard. Mm -hmm. uh, or the Glow Leopards. I'm liking both of those right now. So nice. that's mine. What about you, Nick? Uh, I have this Discraft Underground White Buzz. It's, I think I'm pretty sure it's just a four-time, you know, buzz. And it's 100% over the last two years been my absolute money disc. 
Um, I throw it everywhere and anywhere, and fortunately, it actually still has some stability. So you got that back out of the pond. Yes, actually, yeah, because yeah, wasn't it me, you, Simon? Who else were we with? Marky. Marky. Yeah, we were with Marky doing that fun video at Maple, and uh, I had shorted it on hole eight golds, and no, actually, a few weeks later, someone was looking for their own disc, and got mine back, and I was like, oh my gosh, Hmm. I, I didn't expect to get it back when I threw it there, but. Not nah, four-time buzz. And, you know, since you said driver, I'll say driver. Probably the Onyx right now. And ESP Onyx Maxway is such a phenomenal disc. I'm obsessed with it. So, so. you're the one who's snatching them up in the auctions because I've been trying. I actually, to- I did just buy two of them. I had, I had like 150 bucks in my PayPal. They're so, going so for like bu- yeah. 35 in that range, yeah. somewhere in there, 20, yeah. 30. Okay. I have a bunch of. I have a bunch of them at my house just waiting to get thrown. Okay, so so we're really blabbering on, I think that's the word. Some people like it. (laughs) Some people ask us. We get messages. I don't pass them all along to you that say, like, please do, like, four-hour shows. Like, it helps (laughs) pass my work. I'm a welder or whatever. We're we're not on purpose doing a four-hour show, anybody, just so you you can sit tight. But one last shout-out. We're up to 451 live I was live literally chat. just about to say this. Nick, Nick put out a giveaway. So for those new followers who just jumped in, Nick put in uh, yeah. a giveaway here. If we reach, if we hit 600 live viewers. So we're close. At, yeah, which is 140 more at this point. If we you hit 600 live viewers, I'll give away one of the Foundation Dark Horse, uh, excuse me, Dark Claw Jawbreaker Wasps. And yeah, so please, 600. Okay. All right, so let's ask a few more YouTube questions YouTube plus here. Facebook. Let's ask some of these questions here that are not specific Casey White questions. If you have some and we see them or you super chat, we'll probably get it out there. Thank you for that. Uh, but to Casey, let's ask this question. Um, what did you think? Did you get to watch the ESPN coverage of the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship? I did. Yeah, I watched every every minute of it. Okay. And I'm assuming, I know what your initial reaction is, but I'm not going to assume it. I'd like to hear it. Well, I thought it was awesome. I mean, I love to watch disc golf because it's everything that my life involves and it surrounds me everywhere I go. And to be able to sit down and watch it on ESPN was just kind of like, it was like a very small dream come true, if you know what I mean. Like, it's like a small version of a dream come true where you can just come home and just throw on the TV and, and have exactly what you want to be on TV. And honestly, it's kind of a little weird appreciation, but like, having commercials is, uh, in between the disc, you know what I mean? Like yeah, if you I have do. Like, a break in between your, your disc golf videos, like it wasn't just throwing on YouTube and, and skipping through a video. And I don't know, it was a completely different experience. And I thought it was very well put together. That is a great insight. Totally great. As in like, you're not wrong. The commercial breaks were <laughs> enjoyable. And isn't that unique? Like any other yeah. sport you watch, you're like, dang it, commercials. But like, you're not wrong. Maybe besides the Super Bowl, like you look forward to some commercials. Like, but in general, not no, even that, not the same feeling. Oh, honestly, I was intrigued by every commercial because I knew every single <laughs> brand that was putting it out there. And I was just like, oh, I want to see what they're putting forward as their uh, form of advertisement. I want to see what they're trying to send a message, get the message across and get more people to play disco. Mm-hmm. That That's awesome. And what was it like, Simon, seeing some of your friends in the commercials and in the tour championship? Was that cool? Guys, I have a confession to make. Oh, he didn't. He watch it. didn't watch it. <laughs> don't worry. I don't think Nick did either. We're for throwing it out. You weren't there. supposed to ask me. <laughs> I am such a busy human yeah. that I just I mean, 
Yes, I'm. I'm so sorry. I did not watch it. You're sorry. Just, <laughs> yeah. Something. Uh, something. I have it TiVo'd, so yeah. we can play it while we do darts later. I would love to no. see some parts and bits of it for sure. I um. I have some breaking. Okay. I have some breaking news I'd like to release. Hit it. Uh, Alyssa just came to the door to inform me that we just launched my website yesterday with some signature t-shirts that we printed ourselves and our first one just sold. So she was pretty excited about that. Very nice. I'm sure she was probably the one who bought it, but (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. That is cool. Congratulations. That's awesome, dude. Thanks. You've now officially sold more shirts on your website than I have on my website. Do you even have a website? I don't. And I made one more website than you have. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Tonight, Simon's about to go make one. Everyone buy the new Sky God shirt that's coming out on Simon's web- website. Is it Casey? <laughs> is it just CaseyWhite.com or what is it? CaseyWhiteDG.com because CaseyWhite.com was taken. Oh, by sure. the hockey player? She's very excited. <laughs> oh. Okay. So to do have some sort of semblance to like an organized show because we are all over tonight this is our final show of the year we're talking about a lot of things but to do some let's stick with the espn i know simon and nick haven't watched it but casey and matt have so just some yeah now it's the casey yeah we can just pull up double screen with uh, me and casey but i wanted to point out um interesting stats here maybe two hundred twenty-five thousand viewers maybe receivers i'm not sure exactly how to read that but um, to put it out there, like a, a football stadium, I always kind of do this stuff in my head. A, a, an average football stadium is what, 60 or 70,000, depending if you get really big, but maybe an average is about 70,000. Um, so picture uh, a couple of those full all watching it at the same time, or three or four of those full watching it at the same time. That is, that that's significant. Um, so yeah. so that, that moved the, the ticker a little bit there. Um, and I think that is obviously Disc Golf Pro Tour, a lot of successes this year. Um, so w- I, I want to bring up a few points as notes that I took as I as I watched. Did you notice? And I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go ahead and throw a few negatives out there that I see as negatives. Uh, at least that struck me that way. I don't think in the grand scheme it's really a big effect. But uh, what did you think when you saw uh, tree stands and people climbing, <laughs> climbing? Did you see that? They were climbing out of the I tree stands with cameras. No, I did not. I don't think so. Okay. Someone did tell me about the tree stand car- camera view. So the tree stand camera view is understandable. Like as a as a camera guy, like I get like you need mm-hmm. a perspective that's mm-hmm. elevated, which you'll see at the Pro Tour Championship. They have the scissor lift at Joe Mrez rents and all that. That's great. Um, I just thought it was. I, I'm just going to be honest. It wasn't a good look. It wasn't everywhere, but there was a few shots where you literally saw a guy like quickly like climbing out of a tree stand um to get and he's like handing his camera down and like he's climbing down a tree stand near the basket it just came off as a little i'll use the word wonky <laughs> so i was like ah oh, yeah. i'm like that that just feels so weird but it was only maybe once that i saw that but you could see tree stands around the course uh, but you didn't see that casey i feel like that no i did not but i feel like that is a very fair um call of judgment you know what i mean like you're not saying that as like a uh i don't want to call it like a stuck up disc golf or saying like this needs to be perfect i feel like that's kind of like a fair call to say like that kind of looked eh. yeah yeah so um so i see the chat room i disagree with matt they say i like taking chances i i yes. said i liked i like 
I'll say it again. I like the tree stand angles. I thought it was funny after they put it out. We'll go find it. I'll go find it on TiVo. Yeah. After they put it out, you see this guy climbing down out of a tree. So anyways, <laughs> I'm laughing now because it's just, it's, I'm, repl- I'm replaying I, I it in my head. It's hilarious. <laughs> okay. So there was that. Um, I was taking notes. Um, let Back, me see. Can you scroll up quick on the chat? We have two super chats that I just want to shout out while you're looking. William Frost, enjoy the show. Keep it up. We really appreciate it, William. All of us from the Nick and Matt show. And then Nathan Mottle, love the show. Keep up the great work. Clearly, Matt has been doing incredible things and having Simon and Casey on just make the show that much easier. So, <laughs> like I said, from the Nick and Matt show, we really appreciate you guys. Okay, so Sweet. back to wrapping up this topic. And, and since it's apparently it's just me and Casey again, I'll point it out ESPN. And I'm the only one who saw the tree stand thing. Yeah. So I was left alone conversating okay. with myself. Um, but I'm trying to think here. Um, what else stood out? There was a few things like um, the different types of switches they did between MPO and FPO. It seemed like in the beginning, and, and if you're in the chat room and you observed this, let me know. In the beginning, it was more like, three holes or let's just say two holes of men and then they switched yep. to two holes of, of women and then they did two holes of men two holes of women but then and this is this is my producer mindset i'm really watching this stuff closely did you notice casey that eventually they kind of started like going back and forth like without even finishing a hole it seemed like uh for the mpo yeah you noticed that yeah i did notice that because um i was actually at Alyssa's work we were watching it together in uh her office you could call it and i was like wait a second we missed a shot and then i went back and i was like no we didn't miss it they just skipped off and i don't know i i didn't think that it was like a big problem but i definitely did notice it no and and i want to be clear i'm not actually pointing that out as a problem i thought it was interesting it was almost like they tried two different um avenues to produce where i'm not gonna i was watching it with my dad um and he felt like all of a sudden it felt like it had a live feel to it and that's kind of what I wanted to bring up here. Is disc golf better yep. off to come off with that live feeling or that more Jomez produced feeling? And when it's on ESPN, I, I kind of felt like that live feeling was better. I can agree that that is definitely uh, a good way to look at it, where somebody who was watching and just happened to be scrolling through their channels just came across disc golf and started watching it. They might've thought that that was happening right then and there at that moment, which I thought that was kind of cool. Even though if they're not correct, it's still like an experience and they're like, this is happening right now. I might as well watch it. Yeah. I unfortunately did not get to watch it, but just hearing that it was more of kind of like a live viewership than a post round production, I think is pretty cool because I actually love watching golf and, you know, especially when I'm out to eat and golf is playing, I do very much enjoy watching it. I like it how they flip from different cards to different people and they kind of focus on the person who's shooting the hot round. But having that live feeling to it, especially when it's on ESPN2, I think is a much better look in disc golf. And I can always say this. I only think that things are going to improve. It's the first time that we ever did something for ESPN2. I think that if the opportunity comes up again, whoever is doing the filming is going to do it bigger and better next time. And it's just, I feel like it's slowly going to increase and increase and increase. And I think that's something that we've seen in the last six years of disc golf is whether tournaments still, you know, are paying out the same or we're still seeing the same players at the top, whatever that is, disc golf filming has grown insanely in such a good way. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things in disc golf that has grown to be better. 
is all the different film crews that are out there and how much they've elevated each other's game when it comes to post round production. So for I sure, think it's just going to get better for sure. And so the, I guess my point was that ESPN coverage started out more like cookie cutter, like two holes and then two holes in the FPO. And it didn't have a live feel at first. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, Oh, they played separate events and they're just kind of splicing it all together. When at some point, and this is what Casey said, he also noticed they actually started doing this, like, kind of like golf. Oh, let's quickly cut over to like this hole and see what's happening with FPO. Yep. Yep. I thought that was good. I liked it a lot. Um, and so this is random. This last show is a little bit, like I said, all over the board. Simon, do you mind saying happy birthday to a Mary? Mary. Mary. <laughs> I have a very important announcement to make. Happy birthday, Mary. There you go. <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> to be clear, we don't know who Mary is, but there there was a chat that asked for that. And so we have someone from Greece really? watching. Yeah. Demetrius Arapis. Sorry if I butcher your name. But let we me, appreciate let me you try coming. something in Greek. You ready? Go for it. F Karasto. I love you. No, I think oh, that actually no. was thank you. I think. Oh, okay. So thank you for watching. Well, F Karasto. If I'm right, <laughs> if if I'm right, let me know in the chats. Okay, so again, we're all over the board here. Let's wrap that up on ESPN. Um, Casey, do you have anything that you'd like to promote beyond your website um, or anything else that you want people to know about? This is the time to do it. We've got a few people in the chats that would like to hear. So if you have anything, now's the time to do it. Um, (laughs) Be on the lookout for more merch of other kinds, not just shirts, maybe some hats and some long sleeve shirts, maybe some hoodies. So check out CaseyWhiteDG.com. Why should someone buy a Casey White merch? Like, how does it support you? If they want to see me playing on the Disc Golf Pro Tour and playing every event and not just some like I have in the past, they should buy one. So to my fans that might want to see me uh, fulfill my dreams, please buy one. You should send me one and I can wrap it in a vlog and then I'll, oh, I'll sell some more. All right, deal. Okay. Dang it. Wait. Nick, we need the Nick and Matt shirt. I right. know. Simon, I'll trade back. Soon. Okay. Yeah, dude, I have a grip bag waiting for you at home, by the way. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa. Yeah, you want that or what? Drew Roddles uh, just super chatted $10. US dollars. We say appreciate. Yeah, US dollars. Uh, Simon, have you challenged Macbeth in pool or darts? If so, how competitive does it get? <laughs> Love the show. Keep up the great work, guys. Once again, from the Nick and Matt show, we really do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for the $10. And I have challenge. I, I don't think I've challenged Paul in pool or darts. The only challenge I remember him uh, doing with Paul was a putt-putt. Or, do you call it putt-putt or mini-golf? I call States? it mini-golf. Mini-golf. I'll, a lot of people do call it putt-putt, but I've always called it I'll mini-golf. I'll call it mini-golf. At Thank the you. European Open in Finland, we played... Uh, a round of mini golf and he smoked me so badly and i got really upset people think i'm like good at everything but i think uh paul is, paul like, is stupid stupidly good at everything paul is not just good at everything he's yeah. lucky at everything okay that's probably also true um so the most amount of uh, mini quick, golf demetrius i'm not from greece yeah the most amount of mini golf holes in one i've gotten and it was literally felt like a miracle was nine hole in ones in an 18 hole round and it was not like an easy course you should go pro in it came golf. to the point where where's my, the vlog yeah this was no <laughs> yeah. this was back when i was like 16 traveling across the country with my dad and my friend and i went out to a mini golf course late at night i'm telling you a whole story and i just hit the ball and it went in i'm like okay cool next hole I hit it in again three, four in a row. I, I don't think it was nine in a row, but what ended up happening was it just started getting crazy. I just, 
I just started not looking and just hitting the ball, and it would just bounce off like eighty walls and go in. And, and you know Scott, that's that's yeah. the friend I yeah, yeah. He he just dropped his club. He's like, I'm done. I'm not playing with you anymore. Like it was just lucky. But anyways, mini golf is fun. All right, so Casey, we're not gonna keep you all night, and uh, we don't we don't want to um, keep talking over you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but. <laughs> But uh, we're really excited to see what you have going on uh, as you go forward. We just saw your sponsorship announcements. Um, we saw that you dropped one. Um, oh, wait, I haven't yeah. even seen Well, that I don't yet. know if we're I want to say that you that. dropped them, but I'm assuming you dropped them. We'll, we'll give you the upper hand there. So we're not going to ask Is that you your that. latest post, Casey? Yes, it okay. was. All right. So, so congratulations on sponsorships and all that. I'm sure it helps out there. Um, again, we're, we're glad to have you tonight. And when you're back, we thought you would be in studio at originally. That would have been cool. Um, but when you're back and we're starting our show back up in the new year, we will have you in studio to do this. It's it's a lot easier to do. <laughs> All right. We'll plan for it. All are, right. Man. Are you going to be back before Christmas? Last question. Um, not exactly Christmas, but sometime around Christmas, potentially, yes. Okay. So no, no Casey White in any Vlogmas video. Oh. Unless you Skype I, I guess you'll have Disc to do with Valley. me. All right. Okay. All right, Casey, dude, we'll see you around in, uh, on the Nick and Matt show. We say we love you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Take love it easy, homeboy. Good see to see ya. you again. All right, man. Adios. All right. So that was Casey White. If we didn't already tell you or you didn't recognize him, um, that is who that was. So let's talk through um, some of these other points here. We've got a little bit to go here. And those who are following along live right now, um, you'll want to go ahead and stick around when we end this show because we're going to start up a new feed where we're hanging out, throwing darts at a dartboard. Um, literally, Nick is probably mediocre. Simon's He's I'm, really I'm, bad. I'm 100% mediocre. N- Simon... Is that even like a good thing to say? Like, no, I'm, I'm not good. I want okay. to get... I actually... So I super, super enjoy watching the professional darts just the tournaments that they have going on um my favorite player actually my second favorite player just won a big tournament which was pretty cool van gerwin he just won the last one i want to say one quick thing to uh nick's defense being almost good at darts is worse than having no skills because if you throw with no skills at a dartboard you're more likely to hit good numbers than if you try to hit big numbers because the the small numbers are right next to the big numbers so if you're almost good that's when you score the worst kind yes, of darts. Exactly. So the first time I'd actually ever played darts with Simon, it was just before we went up to Maine earlier this year. And I remember we were playing this game and I had hit like 110 points. No, 140. 140 points, which, which is insane. Which is actually disgusting. It's one dart away from being, you perfect. know, a perfect three darts. And uh <laughs> ever since we now we actually com- like consistently play each other. And uh, I'll get like 26 every time, 26, which, you know, when you go for the 20s, the fives to the left of it and the ones to the right of it. So more often than not, you know, I'll throw my first start, I'll hit a one. So then I say, okay, I got to go a little bit more to the left. So then I hit a five and then I'm like, okay, I got to go a little bit more to the right now. And then I'll hit a 20. So I'll get 26 and Simon's over here like, oh, 100, 120. 150. Okay. And okay. it's just, it's miserable. Interrupting. uh interrupting you yeah here. sorry totally can off you, topic no it's fine because mine's gonna be way off topic can you literally i'm asking you nick on the nick and matt show can you call fratelli's pizza and order a large or two fratelli's pizza yeah do you have my address 
because no, we need the it? pizza to show up. Um, I have it. You have my yeah. address. Yeah, okay. so he can give it to you. You want to send it to me? Because I actually I get a. Because here's the deal. If I get a call again, that. Oh, sorry. Again, like if you're listening, if oh, you're no. listening live or, or podcast later, we apologize. If you're listening live, what we're doing is we're trying to get this to deliver approximately the time we take our 10 minute intermission. Um, be, we're going to reset the stage. We're going to reset the show. We're going to throw cameras on the dartboard. We're going to throw cameras up in the room. We're going to hang out. We're going to let you comment, raz, whatever you want to do uh, for the darts that we are playing. Um, in fact, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. So let's just finish out the show on some of these talking points here. Did you hear that uh, Nate Sexton is starting or has started? Actually, I think tomorrow's the first episode, a podcast. Did you hear that? No. <laughs> so when, I've been so busy. Was that announced today or yesterday? I think it was actually announced. I, I, Nick says the same thing. He's like, where do you find this stuff? Yeah. But I saw it somewhere, I think a week or two ago, but I, then I saw it posted somewhere else. That like, hey, it's tomorrow. My so. Facebook feed or Instagram feed is just so full of stuff. I'm like, it's very hard for me to find the actual like interesting and important articles <laughs> that I want to be reading. That's what we were talking about earlier. You you experience it, the the amount of people that are like bombarding you with information. But that's so. awesome, man. Nate I is definitely one of the guys I want to be listening to. I know. I don't and this is gonna sound horrible. I forget what the name is, and that's not on purpose. I'd totally promote it. Um, but you can look it up. I'm sure it's posted somewhere or something tomorrow. Something sexy. Ah, oh, man, I'd have to go find it. If someone knows uh in the chat, shout it out. I forget what it is. No, it's not something like that. It's like it's like the flight line or something like it's like a it's a word phrase okay okay so um that is happening and so let me ask simon you've mentioned before that you possibly would consider starting up a podcast i mean i've heard it in like just passing is that something that you really are considering or is the nick and matt and simon show enough for you (laughs) (laughs) i mean if i see your setup and the way the studio is set up i mean this is it's i mean that would be a dream i mean i just uh, I really want to be a podcast, but I don't want to be another disc golf podcast. And I don't know why people would want to listen to me when it's not regarding disc golf. It's, it's kind of like a fine line. I'm sure there's people that would listen to me talk about pretty much anything. But um, I was just struggling so hard to come up with a concept that was new and fresh and exciting and for me, interesting and fun. And that at the same time felt like something, man, this is something that people are really going to want to see and be like unique in, in a way. And there's, I, I actually Googled disc golf podcasts and there was like a list of 35. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't want to be number 36. So I was just struggling to find something. <laughs> and man, I, I'm pretty sure I could pull it off. But this off season is going to be over like way before we even feel like it's over, like it's even started. And I have so many other things going on with the rehab and the vlogmas and the vlog channel in general and fiance and a new house and all that. I was like, another thing on top of that right now might just not be the right move. So let's put, there's always this invitation when you're back, you're not traveling during the tour and you just feel like getting a podcast and you're welcome over here, of course. But that being said, on the podcast topic, yeah, maybe there's 35. Now, First of all, thank you to those who tagged us. Everyone's doing those end of the year, like my favorite podcast of the year, my favorite artist and all that. They're doing all these Spotify lists. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'd say to Nick and I'll just say it to you because you're here, but to everybody, thank you so much. We made it into somebody's top top podcast. Like, yes, 
like wow it was like hey that we made it to the top of their podcast list and then another one we were like second or third but like you don't have to be number 35 simon you could be number two (laughs) i know i know you don't need more to do you don't need more to do yeah yeah i just i didn't have the creativity to come up with something fresh and new so i was like man maybe next year yeah for sure so we were just sure. talking about Nate Sexton starting up one, and someone actually commented oh, really? with what the um, the title was. I think it was "Running It with Nate Sexton." That's what it was, Simon. Running that's, it with Nate Sexton. That's awesome. Uh, that's th- that's kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah, right. For someone who literally, I'm that not is even funny. Go there. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So, Nick, did you order the pizza from Fratelli's? I did. Awesome. Good. And we're that's, three, Simon will like that. We're is it three, Lester seven, or Rochdale? I'm really hungry. It's by Lester. the way, okay. I said Lester, three seven eight. So, all right, cool. Technically, did you order a whole pizza for me? I ordered two pizzas. So technically, Cherry Valley. Yeah, and that's, by the well, way, that's what I said. But then he said lesser of Rochdale. Anyways, we're <laughs> completely way off topic. But. Okay, so Simon likes thin crusted pizza, so that's why we ordered from this oh, place. Okay, gotcha. So here, that was a uh, starting a podcast topic. Um, did you notice? And and Nick, you you're wearing your foundation hat, your crusty foundation hat. Yeah, um, I know. Sorry, I'm uh, getting some more next week. So d- tell the tell your sponsors like it gets a lot of conversation. They need to send you more hats. Yes. <laughs> yes, so, they do. So so that's cool that they're supporting you. But here was what I was going to say. And I I think obviously like Discmania does this, but has there and maybe uh, let me just hit on it. Foundation did exclusive releases from Discraft, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually from Discraft. Like it wasn't released through Discraft, it was through Foundation. Um I thought that was interesting. Obviously, Paul has fantastic connection there. But I mean, like, has Discmania ever done that with you where you exclusively were releasing something? Simon? Mm, I don't think so. No. But maybe coming soon. (laughs) You're following in UC's ways. You're, like, teasing things out there. (laughs) You know what? I'm just going to say this. If you follow my uh, Vlogmas and you look closely... There might be some hints. Oh, Whoa, he's got some Easter eggs in there. I thought about doing Easter eggs in our show. like, But anyways, that's a whole other topic. Um, How about the re-sign? We're just getting through all the news topics of the past week Mm -hmm. now. The re-signing for the Innova players. Sexton re-signed or re-upped, if you will. His contract wasn't Because he already had a contract going on, so he actually extended an agreement that was already there. Do you feel like, and Simon, did this come up? You don't have to answer this. Never answer what you don't want to. Does this come up, do you think, in your sponsorships and others where it's like this was a COVID, it was a weird year that everyone's just kind of being like, hey, let's just bump you up another year. You see what I'm saying? I kind of felt like that maybe is what happened with Sexton. It's like this year was kind of a non-year, so let's just go ahead and bump you up and while we're at it, add one. Because the same thing happened for like Greg Barsby. It's like, here, we'll give you another year. Do you think these kinds of things were because of COVID? Do you think that plays into sponsorships at all? Did your sponsors talk about Mm. COVID or no? Probably yes and no. I mean, for me personally, no, because I have I'm in a five year contract until 2023. Um, the thing with COVID was, I mean, it felt like not a year, and it felt like it it was not great for most uh, touring disc golfers or the tour. Mm-hmm. But in reality, this was the biggest year for disc golf ever. Yeah. Like for the disc golf companies, um, for me, I think for pretty much any pro out there financially. And the possibilities the doors have have opened. I think uh, this has been a very successful year financially for disc golf. 
That's that's yeah. that's great. And we, I, we I did, agree, I'd agree with that 100 percent. We had those topics previous weeks. And so go back and listen to people like on like money and what it does for disc mm-hmm. golf. I think that's fantastic. Yes. Um, to jump on to the next topic, because we're going to be getting ready here, guys. I already told you to if you're listening to the podcast, go to our YouTube channel and search for Nick and Matt show uh, dart darts with Simon Lazat or something like that. Um, we're going to start that up in about 15 minutes or so. Or I should say this one will end in about 15 minutes. Um, so, Leadstone, considering a rating cap, uh, do you think, Simon, as the pro in the room, the, or I should say the elite tour pro. The elite pro. pro. <laughs> I don't want to diss. I'm a casual pro right now. Uh, yeah, I don't want to diss Nick. But um, what do you think about that on a touring level? Like, um, pro what is tours, the cap? Well, uh, I think it was supposed to be 950 and above. So I think that was the consideration, but I guess yeah. in general, in general, what do you think about the sport where it is? What's your thoughts on uh, rating caps at, at big events? Man, you know what? I think to have like a real educated opinion on this and a meaningful opinion, you got to know the numbers. You got to know the financial side of what yes. goes into running a freaking tournament because most people have no clue what goes on behind the scenes, the work, the money. And how many people and volunteers are needed to freaking putting yeah. on a pro tour? And I mean, you were talking about the camera guys running up and down trees earlier. And I mean, I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone because most of these guys working there are not professional cameramen, mm-hmm. and f- mm-hmm. more importantly, not professionally paid. I mean, the the budget the pro tour is running on is much better now than it was two or three years ago, but it's still nothing near what a real cameraman that's trained. Um, would be making filming a, sh- a shoot like that. So I just want to say, you know, I don't really know all the numbers. I don't know what the budget has to be to run a good event in the media side or for the competitors, for the course maintenance or everything like that. It's just like, I don't think I, I don't think I know enough to have a real opinion. So, of, let's, let's take yeah. away some of the mysteries. Yeah. Let's, let's do some uh, scenarios. Let's assume money was not an issue. Mm-hmm. And it was just the experience on the course. I hate what ifs. Yeah, <laughs> just but but let's go to Ledstone. Go what to Ledstone. If, yeah, so what, what if happened money, this last year? What if, you know, money wasn't an issue, whatever. So Ledstone, one of the biggest takeaways from it was how long the rounds were, whether it was at Northwoods or even Eureka. And I think a lot of that has to play in, apparently Northwoods is a really freaking hard course. I've never played it. But then Eureka has a ton of OB. And so mm-hmm. lower level players that are going to that tournament are going to struggle in the woods at Northwoods. And they're going to struggle in the open with the OB and everything like that at Eureka Temp Course. So I think having a ratings cap to, you know, players that are 950 and above, I actually think that's an incredible idea. Now, bring money back into the situation. Like Simon was saying, I don't know how all the numbers work in disc golf. I'm but- curious to know how much money goes into the pro purses from tournament entries. I don't know that number. I don't know if it's 10%. I don't know if it's 100%. I really don't. So, and if it if it's not a significant amount where, let's say the winner of Ledgestone makes $10,000, take out 60 people. So now you have a ratings cap at 950 and above. Only 60 people can play. the. T- let's say 72 people can play the tournament. Let's say that goes from $10,000 to $9,000. I think a large majority of the pros would say, yeah, I would absolutely love to have a ratings cap. But that's just me personally. So what I was going to say is this, to be clear, I'm not bringing this up as like a PDGA stance. I'm saying the tournament director of the Ledgestone Insurance Open is considering this. 
if he chooses it, he's obviously one who knows the financials, I guess is what I'm saying. So it's just, <laughs> I think it's an interesting place to be where right now, if there's an open spot, I can go play in the pro tour event. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I, there's too much to be concerned about for perception. You could bring that up, but the reality is our sport is not that big of a limelight yet that it looks weird to see me playing in a pro tour because I'm on the last card. You know what I mean? So it's not, I don't see that it, as a concern. I just, I'm saying it's an interesting consideration. Yeah. The sport will likely get there one day, just like the pro tour. I mean, there's a, a PGA card, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we might be there. Maybe it's next year. Maybe I, it's honestly, three I, years from now. It's it's now, hard to say. Now that we have legitimate tours set up, I just looked into that light and like blinded myself. Sorry, like all of a sudden. But now yeah, that we right. actually have, especially with the pro tour, eh, you know, we have the national tour, we have the majors, but this year it was mainly the pro tour. And now that we actually have something like that in place, set in stone, people are making money off of it. We can clearly see that Jeff Todd and the whole DGPT staff are really trying to make the pro tour what it has potential to be. I think that eventually there is going to be kind of like the players tour to where you have to um you have to do something to qualify into being a PDGA pro tour player and whether that comes from having an amateur tour like golf has the PGA tour and then the web.com tour if I'm not mistaken to where you actually have to do very well on the web.com tour to graduate into the PGA tour I could be totally wrong please correct me if I am but I think that's kind of the general idea of it. And I do think that potentially will happen in disc golf. I don't think next year, but I do think in, you know, five years from now, I think disc golf tournaments are going to be played completely different by, you know, pretty much an elite group of players. And I think as disc golf grows more money into it, kids are going to see that, look, I can actually do this and pursue this as a future job and as a future, you know, lifestyle. And I think as that happens, that motivates people to do something that they love. I mean, if, you know, all of us, uh, Simon's obviously been playing for years and he's, you know, being able to do this professionally, you know, had you and I, Matt, learned about disc golf when we were five years old. You know, we're at a point now where disc golf, if you are that good and you have been that good for a while, you can make good money at it. So I think as disc golf continues to grow that way, people are going to realize that kids now who are 10 years old, and are playing incredible are going to realize that. And I do think that in the next five to 10 years that there will be an, an elite level to where, no, not even 950 rated players. You have to be 1,000 and above. I'm hoping by them there's no rating system, but that's just me. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of topics related to that. I think in general sense, yes, we might, we might be there, Simon. We, maybe it's this year. Maybe it's next year. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, here's a fun question, Simon. And Nick and I have a lot of experience with this, and I'm sure you do at a lot of levels, but not the same struggle that we have um, is, and I know the answer, but is internet distance like really <laughs> real? Like, so that sounds fun <laughs> because like if we ask Simon on judge that disc golf or like Simon, how far can you throw? Like what? Okay. To the chat room right now, we've got. Almost 500. By the way, reminder, the show's almost over. If we get to 600 live, Nick's giving away. So share this. Copy the URL. Share it really quickly. We've only got about 10 or 15 minutes left max. Even Simon shared it. <laughs> so here's here's the question on uh, internet distance. Uh, go ahead and guess, everybody. What's Simon's answer going to be um, when I ask him how far he can throw? So while, 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 you're everybody answering, is yep, guessing. while you're answering how far Simon will say he can throw, okay, um, Go ahead and give that super chat. Uh, Zach Lyons, Wade, Simon, on a backhand drive, any tips on making sure my weight transferred 
my weight is transferred onto the heel of my plant foot. Is that something I need to be consciously thinking about during the throw? So any tips on making sure that his weight is transferring onto the heel of his plant foot? Oh, boy. I'm so bad at this. Guys, you know, what I would do is record yourself in slow motion. If you don't have access to that, I hope you have a friend that has access to something like that and can record you. And if you have yourself in slow motion, you can kind of look through your form frame by frame. And then on YouTube, there is pretty much any pro player. There's a slow-mo form for pretty much anyone. If you want to compare it to me or Paul or Drew Gibson has great form. Eagle has great form. I mean, most of the top 20 players have really good form. Mm -hmm. And then line them up. And just see the differences. And when you're practicing, start with standstills. Just stand still and go over and over again until you have to stop consciously thinking about it. Because being conscious of what you're doing when you're there trying to perform is probably one of the worst yeah. things you can do. You'd, when you're actually there and ready to go, you should not... like The ideal thing is to not think about anything. Yeah. Just be focused and ready. We've talked a lot in this episode about being in the zone. And I think that's kind of the same thing when it comes to your form. Once you develop it in the field of becoming a good player, then on the course, you should be able to do it just, you know, pretty much unconsciously. Like it should just be second nature. So us from the Nick, Matt and lately the Simon show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we really appreciate so, it. So, so many chats were coming in, but I can't miss one other super chat. Yeah, no, yes right. or no. Would you like to see Ezra Aderhold join Discmania? Would you like that? Yes, but I know that he won't. Oh, Ooh, exclusive so, Ezra, by the way, Ezra did say something along the lines of, this is likely my last open in the bag review. So we know he's going to be announcing that soon. Okay, so wow, we got so many him. super I'm chats. Really, I'm I mean, very, very curious on uh, where he goes. Okay, we have so many chats you know? coming in. Simon, what oh. if I was to ask you to judge that disc golfer? Judge that disc golfer, the game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. Okay, so <laughs> it's been a while since we've played that. Yeah, actually. we're gonna bring Kinda it back. Weird. We're gonna bring it back new and improved next year yeah. or this year coming. So Simon, how far can you throw a disc? What's two hundred ten meters in feet? He's asking Siri, by the way, everyone. Matt, can you scroll down in the chat so we can see them? 689. Okay, so 689 feet is what Simon answers. Now, well, hold on. Eagles Vlogs commented, and he said, you can only throw 20 feet. <laughs> so shout out. Everyone nice. say hi to Eagle really quick. Uh, thanks, Eagle, for joining in. Did but, I? I must have missed that. I, yeah, I, I, I had just seen it real quick. Okay, I apologize that we missed that earlier, Eagle. We had so many chats coming in. Um, so 689 feet. We don't do this with any other uh, segment of Judge That Disc Golfer, but is that a controlled distance drive for you? Like no, that, Maple Hill one? I remember we did a distance contest on a field, like a soccer field or football field, whatever it was. So it was on grass. It wasn't really hot. There was no wind whatsoever. And I threw pretty much my perfect 360 shot. Um, obviously not really regarding accuracy, mm -hmm. so... And it landed at 210 meters, which is 689 feet. So I thought that's probably the most accurate thing. Did you win? I won by a couple, yes. Nice, nice. Okay, so next question. 
When you go to Annie's Hot Dog, we missed this super oh, chat earlier. Oh, we missed this, yes. <laughs> what do you get oh. on yours? And for me, it's the everything dog, including barbecue sauce. So that's onions, yeah. relish, mustard, ketchup, barbecue sauce. I think that's it. So that's me. I usually get three or four hot dogs. I think if I'm really hungry, I'll do five. But um, oh my God. usually, if it, it, let's, say, let's, <laughs> let's say it's five hot dogs. I get three barbecue and then two with ketchup and mustard and relish. For me, no I'll onions go in, for me. So I'll get, you know, three, maybe four, depending on how hungry I am. Normally, I'll get three uh, barbecue dogs with onions. Judge that disc golfer. How yeah. many hot dogs? How many hot dogs <laughs> will you get from Hot Dog Annie's? Okay, so that's that question. Um, and then just one more judge that disc golfer question. Everybody answer what you think Simon will say when we ask how many putts he will hit from circle's edge, meaning outside, no jump putts, circle's edge, uh, if you were given 10 putters, how many, so answer, we're going to give them a second to give this in here and, um, we'll find out what he answers. Um, finally guys, can Nick and I kind of clear something up here? So many, so many of our comments on YouTube are people razzing Nick because he would pay a hundred dollars to play Yarva. Oh my gosh. So. People still razz me about oh, that. It's literally all the time. So in our YouTube comments, maybe it's just a fun thing, but everyone's like, wow, rich boys or this or that. Like all the time, it's like... I hit the Powerball three years ago, so I've <laughs> so, just been living off of that this whole... I'm just kidding. So, I did so not listen, actually do that. And I usually respond and I try to clarify. I say, would you please listen to that intro again? Because it's very clear in the introduction that Nick would play if he was given one opportunity to play Yarva once. And he had that one opportunity, yeah. and it was a hundred dollars. He would do it. Yeah, that's what the intro says. And I, I'm thinking, if you have that hundred dollars and you have that opportunity, yes, I think most people would. Now, is, Yar is Yarva a great course? Absolutely amazing. I mean, so it's the closest it's, to a ball golf course experience that we have in disc golf. It's literally the number one rated course in the world per U Disc, with Maple Hill being number two. I get to play Maple Hill all the time, and I'm super thankful for that. I would love to go play the number one course in the world across the ocean. And from the videos of it, it looks absolutely insane. So, yes, yes. I would take a crisp <laughs> Benjamin Franklin and pay for my round. I would even maybe pay for Simon's round. Hold on. I'm now clipping that out, and next year's podcast yeah. intro has that. A crisp <laughs> a crisp Benjamin Franklin. So here's here's the other takeaway. Cause then they're like, yeah. what? Do you want to like ruin the sport and have everything charged? Because I we know. say, because yeah. following that up, we say, and I say, what is it worth to you? I said, would you pay $40 for a round of disc golf? And we also follow that up by saying, yes, but not every time, every so often. So I'll I'm gonna kind of counter that with this. I pay $100 to go suck at golf at some courses. Okay, I've paid $100. I've played $75 to go absolutely shoot over 100 on a golf course. And if it's a really nice course, I'm probably shooting over like 120. I'm decent at disc golf. Like, I'm okay at it. Yeah, I'd like to go spend $50 at one of the best courses in the world to actually shoot well at it. Like, okay. yeah, that, that's just me. <laughs> we got to get back to a few things. So, Simon, how many putts would you... Hit if I gave you ten putts from circles edge. What would it be, Simon? Six. Six. Uh, well, good I, thing we have a basket. <laughs> just Zach. Kidding. Zach Allsweed answered six. <laughs> oh, <Zach. laughs> and Savage. He might be the 
only, I think he's the only one who wrote I'm six. scrolling, man. I'm scrolling. Oh, <laughs> my so God. Funny. That is just, so funny. It just popped up, that one guy. I see it. So, Zach, congratulations. Zach, you get a congratulations oh, from the Nick and Wyatt I show. Oh, Wyatt Wyatt got it, too. Wyatt, the, the Wonder Junior. Good for you, Wyatt. Nice. Yeah, good. <laughs> so, two people. <laughs> Bigfoot awesome. FRG donated two. Oh, actually, a dollar and 99 cents for U.S. dollars. And he asked, who is the most huggable pro? <laughs> who is the most huggable Was this for Simon? Pro. <laughs> it just, yeah. All the other Super Chats are for Simon, so I'm assuming it is. Oh, man. <laughs> I was thinking about this one for a sec. Wait, are we talking about girls or guys? Yes. I guess so, yeah. I mean, are girls not huggable? Do you not hug Natalia? I mean, it depends. <laughs> all right, who is it? The most huggable pro. Man. Let's enjoy the silence for yeah. a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, while while you think about it, uh, Angus Barstow, or actually, really quick, Joseph, we really appreciate it from the Nick and Matt and Simon <laughs> so Show. So many super chats. We appreciate we, it tonight. In a serious way, and I can't oh, believe no, I'm going to do this. Oh, no, Joseph is a different one. Like, any new super chats that come in, unless yeah. it's super, like, if it's like 50 bucks, we might yeah. stop the show. But, like, we got to end the show. So, yeah. <laughs> thank know, you for right? the super chats, but we can't take any more. <laughs> Yeah, Joseph, thank you. Angus, uh, I do not remember my ratings after my first tournament season. I'd have to go and look that up. But we really appreciate it. All right. I have one more super chat. Yeah, go ahead, Simon. All right, let me. All right, guys. We are live in studio at the Nick and Matt show. Welcome to vlog, everyone. What up, Whoa. everybody? All 500 of you guys, Party. you are now on an episode of Vlogmas. Exactly. Say hi wow. to my camera, guys. Wow. And Matt. Yes. I like the shirt you're wearing and everyone that sees that. I don't know if you have seen the disc I sold on the Disquenia Collectors page. Have you heard anything about that? I have not heard anything about that. Is this a vlog you put out today? I'm putting it out tomorrow. Tomorrow, no. But I sold the disc about four days ago. Okay, I have not. And I said that I would donate the money to You Play Disc Golf or Kids Disc Golf, depending on what I was feeling. Okay. And the disc sold for, guess. Um, someone wrote a question in the chat tonight. A certain dollar amount, something sold, but I don't know. Uh, I'm going to guess $1,000. Okay, the disc sold for $2,750. Wow. One disc. <laughs> so what? speaking of Benjamin Franklin's. What is that? This is. This is going down? This is half. Let me see that. This is, is this... half of the money I donated a thousand three hundred seventy-five dollars to you play disc golf. Is this is this happening where you're handing this? And in the name of Simon Lazat Vlogs, I'm handing you three thousand no, no, no. one thousand <laughs> three hundred and seventy-five dollars. Holy for kids cow! Disc golf. Holy cow. So this is interesting, guys, because I'm Nick and Matt show. Yeah. But now I'm transforming right now. This is incredible. All I can say is Simon. I have to give a shout out to Simon because this has happened time and time again where he has sold his bag or auctioned it off and it's went to charitable causes. What this guy says is 100% what he means. People say he's the most humble. He's also the most generous. I believe it. Yeah. Simon, thank you very, very much. This is, guys, this was not planned at all. Like, legit, straight up, I'm Simon. glad. I'm, I'm glad Nick didn't spoil it because Nick knew. Wow. So all I can say is thank you, thank you, 
Thank you. We So right off the top of my head, I can tell you that this is going to support players, junior players who want to take it to the next level. Like they want to, and it helps them to do that. Um, so your generosity has done that time and time again. And we thank you very much. Doing that on the Nick and Matt show is, um, I, <laughs> I'm taken back a little bit, but it's really cool. I'm, I'm speechless to that sense. So thank you very much, Simon. All right, Matt. You know, it's my pleasure. And uh, thanks, Michael, for buying that disc for that amount of money. And you just put a lot of discs and smiles on kids' faces. And man, it feels good. So back to the studio and let's wrap it up. Wow. Wow. So yeah, I, <laughs> I guess that's shaking from the camera. I guess that's where we get to the end of the show. I'm yeah, a right? little how speechless. Do you, how do you even like go past that? Holy cow. So guys, I'm going to let Nick... <laughs> We're talking about money. He says talking about money. I'm thinking. Yeah. Wait, I need two of those to go to Yarva right. real quick. We can, we can fly over to Yarva. With, yeah. No, I'm kidding. This is going to help kids tremendously. So thank you very much for that. Um, wow. Yeah. Bow, bow down. I know, right? Very cool. So now, now I feel like even if I was good at darts, I have to let him win it coming up. <laughs> he's he's going to win. There is no letting Simon win at darts. Oh my nah. goodness! Wow, what an incredible. <laughs> Incredible thing that we uh, got to just witness. Uh, Matt, guys. for the first time ever, was on Simon's Vlogs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and you know what? I'm kind of happy it wasn't for disc golf because lately on camera, I have not been doing yeah. good on So this is going to wrap up our show. First of all, thank you for that. And anytime, any place that you want to, you know, us to promote you, it's you know that it, it's hand down. We, we Someone really already said it. that Simon should replace me on the show. So I guess <laughs> I have the next three weeks off. Sorry, everybody. Okay, so back to the internet disc golf question. Mm -hmm. As far as distance, Nick and I filmed a vlog. We're only doing one, Simon. We're not doing 25. Definitely not doing 25. <laughs> That's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's coming yeah. out probably, my guess, is somewhere next week, maybe for next week's show, yeah. okay? Because we're not doing a live show. Um, and we had a range finder that, that range find, finded oh, gosh. <laughs> down to six inches. Like, it tells you, like, exactly. Yeah. And... I'm going to tell you that I'm probably slightly embarrassed to say this uh, live or anywhere recorded. So I, before you say this, I want to say that we were, it's insane. We were playing on a flat ground. We were at a soccer field. Get it all out, Nick. But it's insane on how big of a difference running off of a tee pad and trying to throw a distance shot or even just concrete in general versus running on a field like grass and everything like that. That's I fair. consistently That's fair. noticed that when I throw off of a tee pad or off a cement area that I do throw further. It's not the world's biggest difference, but your feet have an easier time of moving. So I'm not going to say before, your numbers. Before we embarrass ourselves and the next I'm not going to say. I'm you not say yours. You say. Mine will come out in the episode. So he might not be. Actually, I didn't bring that up. And Simon, you can touch on that. Is there a significant difference between throwing on grass like a field or like a tee pad? Do you think? Yeah, maybe. Not like crazy. It all depends on your footwork. It all depends on the shoes you're wearing and... It's kind of a personal preference thing. I definitely prefer cement over grass. Okay. Yeah. And, and maybe we should try that next time. So, and and by yeah. the way, Nick, the distance, I'll just say this now, the distance portion is not making the cut. So it, it's not going to make oh, it. Oh, thank God. But <laughs> let's get it out of the way. But let's get it out of the way. He was so, complaining to me about that on the phone. Well, <laughs> I was I was annoyed at myself. Like, I was annoyed at myself <laughs> on how, like, oh, my God, did that really just happen kind of thing. So so here here's what I was going to say. And I believe that I can throw... If I throw my best shot, I can probably throw 375. If I throw my absolute best shot. 
But on average, in the grass field that we were doing, I averaged like 330. Mm -hmm. Averaged 330. Um, I, just to put it out there, I do not practice. I don't really play very many tournaments anymore. I do a lot for the background support of the sport, if you will. I, I don't know. Is that probably average i guess that's where i'm going internet distance everyone can throw 400 feet and i'm going yeah no Dude, everyone that can is throw a 500 feet internet distance like i so one of my best shots there we had put it at about the 430 vlog. feet was one of my best ones there. 30 or something yeah. yeah it was 430 feet and that to me honestly it was a good rip it had a nice flex to it it wasn't like a sky flex it wasn't a 360 or anything it was like a good golf distance shot it was a great one and I only hit 430 feet. And so I was like, dang, kids are trying to tell me that they're throwing 520 feet. I'm like, bro, you're Here's playing on 80 feet downhill elevation in a tailwind. Like, that's that's how you're throwing 520 feet. Well, I was going to say, but there's a difference between flat level field, too. And, like, even 10 foot of elevation. That's significant. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess, Simon here's where i'm getting to i've watched some of your vlogs and i think it was either early this year or last year where you were doing stuff with casey you had range finders out um or it was the eagle challenge throw a mile or something mm -hmm. that challenge yeah and i feel like when you were throwing back and forth what were you averaging it was it was low 500s or high 400s right yeah this is simon freaking lazat and it's not e it's not easy to get into the upper 400s or even 500. It's not yeah. easy. It's not. Anything 400 plus is a rip. Like you got to throw 60 mile an hour think, faster, yeah. faster than 60 mile an hour. And for most people on a backhand, that's just very unnatural. It's super hard. Yeah, I think okay. one of the most real judge that disc golfers we had was Chris Dickerson when he said he was like, I don't know, 450, 475 feet. And I've seen Chris smash. Like he throws I hard. Pizza. And, oh, I, I grabbed it. Oh, we're literally we're literally wrapping yeah. up with this topic. We have pizza here. We're going to really reset the show. Yeah, exactly. We're going to reset the we're show and reset. start playing darts. Anyways, here's the close out on that yeah. topic. The close out on that topic. And I'm seeing it in the chat even now. People are like, I get really close to 400. Here's the deal. 380. When you look at 20 feet on a like a, a tape measure, that's really close to 400. But here's the deal. To get that extra 20 feet is stupid hard if you mm -hmm. it, like Agreed. so the point is i don't care how close you are don't say i'm throwing 400 like it, it, there's a big difference there's a big big difference Agreed. so anyone that is truthfully throwing over 400 feet i applaud you yeah i think it's a hard distance to get so that makes me feel a little better to hear simon say that because i'm like man i'm averaging 330 and i'm like i can maybe like i said get 375 on my yeah. furthest trip so i feel okay i'm i don't work out and i don't really invest time into getting better I understand it. I've played long enough, but that's I've that. never been one to care about my max distance because there's very few times that I'm ever actually trying to throw max distance. I like golf distance. So can I throw an Onyx 380 feet through the woods on a nice little S curve? That is good for me. You know, can I throw it 410 feet maybe every so often like that? That to me is a good time. Anyways. So Nick, this is our final show of the year. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think we'd be remiss without saying thank you, first of all, to the person in studio with us. I think you, we have to say thank you to him. He was Simon Lizard. There's, now there's multiple reasons, and I'm getting like caught up in it. First and foremost, you were our first ever guest, okay, along with Terry Miller <clears throat> on this show mm -hmm. It via Skype. I messed up the audio, all that. Go back and check that out, guys. It was kind <laughs> of like, it was cool. Yeah, and we are very appreciative. Like, what kind of show do you get when you have a first-time guest as Simon and Terry? Cool. He is also now. This was not planned specifically, but the last guest of the first year, so 2020. He's wrapping it up. 
uh, and this huge donation to kids disc golf. What what are the chances? I I wore this shirt and I don't wear this shirt that often on the show. I thought you knew because that shirt was on. <laughs> oh no, no I, I, didn't, I didn't say yeah. anything. Yeah. That is literally. I, I don't want to say it's one of those weird moments, but like planning out what I was. I say planning out the show. Like when yeah. I was getting dressed, I was like, "Am I gonna really wear like two kids disc golf things tonight? Like the shirt and the hat?" And I was like. Yeah, I haven't done that in a while. So it's like, it's one of those things, Simon. Meant to be. Perfect. <laughs> so thank you very much for being on the show. Um, Holy I, cow, we got a 55 <clears throat> NOK. I don't know how much that is, but Christopher, we really appreciate that. From the Nick and Matt show, thank you so much. So, and we're up to like 520. This is the last like minute, so I know. they better get it. Someone asked if they could get five, six of the discs. <laughs> and I was like, ah, yeah, so, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I want to say thank you as we're closing this out. Thank you to all of... Um, all of our other guests, yeah. they really are what make the show what it is. Um, all of the judged disc golfers, thank you so much for allowing us to judge you yeah. freely. Nick, you're a tremendous co-host. and um, You're an even more tremendous co-host <laughs> with everything that you've done for the show. Man, we, we're going to take a break from now until who knows when. We'll announce it. Yep. Somewhere in the new year, we'll start it back up. Yep. We're going to try to continue to always improve things. Um, Nick, do you have any closing thoughts? So we're about to do a little after show. We're going to have some fun. It's the final episode of the year. And uh, we're going to play some darts. We're going to eat some pizza. We're going to hang out. And you might even hear me play the piano. Might take a couple of requests. If I know the song, I might try to play it. I don't know yet. Thinking about it. I got to warm up the fingers a little bit. Anyways. Uh, so everyone, should we keep this stream going? That's what people are saying. But I don't really know if I want to have people no, watch me eat. No, no, no. What I'm going to do <laughs> is I'll just put it on a... Uh, screen and mute everything so we'll keep everyone here i guarantee it's gonna drop though so um yeah. but but nick closing out the show any, yeah, any uh, favorite moments favorite moments <laughs> shoot i don't know it, we've had so many incredible guests and you know we obviously you know i thank you so much simon and i have become very very close friends over the last few years and having him just kind of like right next to me in this podcast has been nothing but incredible every single time Having all the incredible pros that I know and that you know on as guests has been so, so fun. I cannot wait. We, Matt and I, have so many people lined up that we just cannot wait to have more episodes for everyone. So, pretty much, we, all in all, we super appreciate every single one of you. And I say this every single week. Tell someone you love them. I, I seriously do love you guys. Love you girls. And you have made this show very, very much worth coming on a thursday night to do you know <laughs> that's a big commitment for nick yeah He's driving exactly all over it's the you world. know driving for work and everything like that to be able to come back and just have a fun few hours every single thursday night has been a blessing in my life and uh so i really appreciate every single one of you i cannot wait for the next year's episodes but please in a few minutes we're going to go live again with some fun hanging out and i'm probably going to look at the chat a ton because i'm about i'm all about that chat life and uh, anyways, from the Nick, Nick and Matt show, we want to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you guys celebrate. Um, it's an incredible season upon us. Please be safe out there. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. Nick, I love you. Love you too, man. Love you guys. Love you, Simon. All right. So let's uh, here we go. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Nick and Matt show. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social platform and subscribe on iTunes.